Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I would like to begin by acknowledging and paying my respects to the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nations the traditional custodians of the land on which we stand today. I would like to pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Hi everyone. Hi there. My name is Jane. My name's Kurt. And this is Major Look, a podcast where we make each other watch episodes of our favourite TV shows and then try to figure out why we love the things that we love. And today we have a very special guest. Yes, we have Rhonda. Rhonda from Pop DNA. Hello. Hi. Hi. Can I talk now? Yeah, yes, you can. Okay. We'll let you talk. Hi. <laughs> oh, great. Hi. How are you guys? <laughs> yeah, we're really well. How are you? Um, you know, we're we're um. We're hanging in there. We're it's everyone's stuck in their houses right now, but yeah, yeah, you're in California, is that right? I I'm in Washington State. Oh, so, yeah, we're kind of like the epicenter of the U.S. outbreak cool. right now. So that's exciting. <laughs> sure, let's call it exciting instead of depressing because that's yeah, how we're well, going to get when, through this whole thing. <laughs> when they make the movie about this, it'll probably be set mostly in Seattle. So there's something. There you go. Right? And that's where you are? <laughs> uh, well, I'm in Tacoma, so I'm about like 20 miles outside of Seattle. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, the same metro area at least. Yeah, but, cool. But don't tell someone who's actually from Seattle that I said that, though. They'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll get mad. <laughs> our, our lips are sealed, I promise. <laughs> okay. uh, I've definitely found in this time and age, I have no idea how to answer the question, the obligatory question of nice people just at supermarkets or whatever, saying, how are you? You answer it the most polite way possible. Hi, I'm fine. Thank you very much. But it's so <laughs> incorrect. I'm like, do you want no, me to actually no, answer that question? Nobody wants the answer to that question. Uh, unless I... we are actually speaking to somebody that we know and like. So it's yourself, Rhonda. <laughs> most of the time, people just, it's the conversation politeness. But now it's different because it's not about it my is, own personal yeah. insecurities and anxieties and shit i got going on. It's like, how are you today? How is anyone okay how today? Is, Sorry, how not a great all? way to start the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so Sorry to really... make you think too hard. <laughs> That's, it's okay. It's it's early in the morning for us. Oh um, sure, yeah. <laughs> maybe this is the time of the time of you know our lives where we need to start instituting a new polite Response. greeting, which is oh, yeah. just like instead of saying hi, how are you today, or how is your weekend, you say like. Hey, hanging in there? <laughs> Be great. Just, just like the kitty sign, the kitty poster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just hanging in hang there. Hang in there. Hang in there. <laughs> I like that. We should definitely make that a thing. Pass it along to Coles, Woolworths, and your respective supermarkets in your country. Or have any symptoms? That could be. Ooh. That could be a greeting. No, that's... <laughs> 
That seems like that could be a little personal. Or like, I feel like maybe that leads to like witch hunts and stuff. Have any symptoms? Okay, get out of here. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we don't want witch hunts. We already talked about that. We did talk about witch hunts last time we uh, shared a podcast together. Yeah. Yeah. Jane was on, uh, was a guest on Pop DNA on our Sabrina episode. So that was fun. That was so much fun. (laughs) I loved talking about the witch trials. Yes. It's one of my, one of my vices. Yeah, it's one of my obsessions as well. Yeah. Was Arthur Miller's uh, The Crucible one of your required readings in school? I actually was not ever required to read The Crucible. Um, I don't know why I ended up reading it. It was just for fun, I guess. <laughs> I was um, the same. We did, yeah. Well, we did read in my uh, high school English class, we read The Scarlet Letter. And I know that there were mm. other classes that were reading the crucible at the same time so i think it was kind of like an either or i don't know yeah yeah, yeah. let's learn about adultery or witch trials yeah same thing right <laughs> oh my anyway gosh. Talking about the witch trials. uh so as as with last week listeners our um our guest has selected a tv show for us to watch in the same vein of the previous season which was all about kids shows Rhonda, tell us which show you made us watch this week. I made, I invited you to watch (laughs) (laughs) Recess. I love this opening song. Uh, on the versions I watched, it didn't. It cut straight after the opening theme song, so I had to go back and and like just listen to the opening theme song a few times oh. because <laughs> it's so. It brings back the memory for me so much. This is it's such great. a fun opening. Yeah. yeah, it's weird how it like plays into like the Great Escape style. Yeah, totally. So much. Jane was actually playing it just before we started recording. It sounds almost identical. The actual yeah. tones to it. And you've got, you know, the, the school fencing with the barbed uh-huh. wire and the extra lines around it. I didn't realize how much... I knew it was like, oh, this is getting ahead of myself. But I didn't realize of how much of the symbolism was actually about prison. Yes, completely. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Rhonda, do you want to tell us a little bit about what this show is about and a little bit about how you came to watch it? Yeah, so Recess is a uh, late 90s, I think, um, cartoon TV series by Disney um, that is about this group of kids who, and it just follows them during, mostly during their recess every day at school, um, hence the title Recess. Um, and, uh, as far as what it means to me, so I was like exactly the right age for this show when it started. I think it's, I think it started in like, I want to say 97, 97. Okay. So yeah, I was like nine or 10 years old. So I was the perfect age to identify with this show. And I 100% did, um, (laughs) <laughs> I think I <laughs> I I think what was great about it was that like each of the kids have their own distinct personality mm-hmm. and so like 
at least for me, I didn't see myself in just one of them. I would see Mm. like, like elements of myself in each one. So like whichever episode or whichever kid each episode was following, you could identify with them because you like saw like that little kernel of yourself in that kid, at least for me. Of course, I did not like analyze it that closely when I was nine years old (laughs) but (laughs) but that's like uh, as I've like rewatched it over the past few months that it's that Disney plus has been a thing oh yeah Um, I go to try and watch this on Disney plus I have an account well so Disney plus only has three seasons of it though they don't have there were six seasons I think five or six Uh, and Six, okay. And yeah, so Disney Plus only has the first three seasons for some reason. Uh-huh. But Is that like in between the movies and stuff probably? Yeah, I, I actually I actually have never seen any of the movies. Oh for, really? I don't I don't know why, but yeah, I just the show. But yeah. I, I distinctly remember when the movies came out because uh, this is the time when I realized I was still kind of watching Recess on uh, the very popular in Australia, Saturday Disney, um, okay. where basically <laughs> kids would just, a bunch of adults in a fake Disney playhouse pretended that they were all housemates and in between would introduce uh, cartoon shows. Uh, my favorite <laughs> segment of that show was Double Dog Dare, where they would just eat ridiculous, stupid uh, stuff yeah. and then scream oh, wow. at like little dogs and howl. Uh, in the same font as 101 Dalmatians because, you know, they played 101 Dalmatians, the cartoon, in between Kim Possible and Recess sometimes. Now that you talk about the things that they used to do on that show, it was a really strange (laughs) show. They would, like, when they come into the Disney house, they have fake luggage and they pretend that they are housemates living in this very colourful, like, playhouse (laughs) that is not at all... It's a set. It's not actually a house that people live in. No, it's the most obvious set But, you know, when you're a kid, you think they're just fun and they're they're just living there, having a good time. And then uh, as you get older, you're like this is this is I'm 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 seeing the veil behind this. It's not. <laughs> it's just a weird framing mechanism considering what that is- only. <laughs> It's like the the only point of the show was to introduce each cartoon. So like, why? They would also have like other little segments that do like they go off and do stuff like in Totally Wild, which is again a very Australian um, kids <laughs> show, like nature documentary. Yeah, of. like where they would go off and like learn about an occupation, do some weird stuff, or go inside a giant bubble thing that you roll down a hill in. They, they would just do <laughs> random stuff that kids would find entertaining uh, in between introducing these cartoons, and sometimes be slightly educational but just having bad jokes. And I did submit my uh, my drawing one week. I did not get promoted onto win? this. I didn't win. Uh... I didn't go on the Disney wall. Um, but I did get a, uh, what's the word? You know, those um, complimentary awards, basically. I got a little... Um, like a little participation. Yeah, I got a little participation <laughs> pamphlet back signed from the three hosts of the Disney Playhouse from Saturday Disney. <laughs> I don't know what we were talking about before this I introduced like... this, but this is how I watched it. And yeah, the movies came out and I was still watching it on Saturday Disney. Uh, but I was like, I'm getting too old for this, I think. Because we were talking about it earlier and we think it came to Australia a little bit later. Okay, sure. Yeah, I feel like um, I was saying that I don't, I never really watched this show a lot. Um, and I think it's because it was on Saturday Disney for us, which is obviously on Saturday mornings. And Although it came on in the States in 97, I don't think it hit Australia until like maybe 99, 2000. Yeah. And by that point, I was already playing Saturday morning netball, which meant that I wasn't watching very much Saturday Disney anymore. She had to give up Saturday Disney. You were playing Saturday morning what? 
netball. Netball? Sport. What is that? It's uh, it's like kind of like basketball, but better. Wait, okay. is netball not a thing in America? No, netball's not a thing no. in America. Oh. No. It's a thing only in like New Zealand, Britain and Australia and like South Africa. Yeah, it's like you can't travel when you're so with the ball. So just the rest of the English-speaking world. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like basketball, but you can't, yeah, there's no, you can't bounce the ball. So you have to like, you have to catch it and stop. You oh. can't move. Um, and so it's way more, there's like more players on the court and it's a very... It's more of a team sport because nobody strategic. can nobody can really it's be like, like a star. Oh, okay. Yeah, because so it's like like like, uh, like ultimate frisbee, but with yes, basketball. Is it? <laughs> yes, it is like ultimate frisbee. Once you have the okay. frisbee, you have to pass it on to another player, but you can't move. Oh, it's I'm actually never... very much like I've ultimate, never frisbee. ultimate frisbee. <laughs> it's basically a sports class where I'm pretty sure my PE teacher phoned it in and just like let's do ultimate frisbee. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no netball is like ultimate frisbee. It's it's it was more of a predominantly female sport. Uh, okay. still is. Yes, uh, but you know you're seeing more mixed teams and things yeah, like that sure. as as a leisurely activity now. Uh, I personally really want to join the netball team, but in a small country <laughs> regional town, there was no mixed team, no. Uh, and uh, I wasn't even given the option to. It's like, oh, who wants to join netball class? The only person who puts <laughs> his hand up is a little boy uh, in third grade and was not allowed to uh, get a form. Oh, poor kid. He missed out on the That's great so fun sad. that is netball. <laughs> That's all right. Well, I've ignored I, it later. Now I feel like I missed out on netball. Oh, you love know. it. It's it's the greatest sport ever to exist. I adore netball. <laughs> it is it is very athletic. I will give it that. I, I'm very impressed by the amount of like power and force that can be put behind just making one movement before you get the ball and making that one choice with the you can one step. Uh yeah, you can do one step and you can pivot on yeah. the spot. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> very pivot. very strict rules. Pivot. Pivot? Pivot? No, it's, it's all about the pivot. Everyone loves a good pivot. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I work in um, educational material for students and it's going to be a very interesting time uh, for my company in the next few months. Yeah. Uh, but um, basically we have this amazing maths teacher who set up the whole explanation of uh, using algebraic equations and projectile motion around the friend's couch pivot scene. <laughs> uh, when you have to get the couch up the stairwell with pivot! Pivot! Uh, and that was his introduction to uh, using algebra for projectile motion. Um, so I just really appreciate when that sort of thing <laughs> comes up. As somebody who just moved houses, vaguely traumatised by mentions of pivoting oh, furniture. No, anyway, couch. we should get back onto the topic at hand, which is recess. Oh. Yes. Um, Did you want to give us a little bit of production history? Yes, Jane? I will. Uh, so this show, as we've mentioned, premiered in 1997 on... ABC Network, uh, your ABC Network, not our ABC Network, which is a different thing. Very different. Oh, and interesting. Well, yeah. just swap out the countries. No, ABC is, a... our pub- is our public broadcaster, like PBS. Ah, okay. Um, whereas yours is a commercial network. Yes. Um, so it started Owned by first... Disney. Owned by Disney, correct. <laughs> uh, so it started off on ABC and was on the Saturday morning block. And... It ran until 2001 with 127 episodes, which is six seasons. So pretty long running, really. It was created by Paul Germain and Joe... Hmm. 
Ansalaba here. Ansalaba. Your guess is good, mine there. (laughs) Ansalaba here, I'm going to go with, and I apologize, Joe, if I said that incorrectly. Uh, Both people who actually worked very closely on Rugrats. Mm. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yes, and we've done Rugrats before on this show. Uh, We did the holiday specials a couple of months ago now. Yep. And so I think. I think once I knew that, I can really see some of that DNA. The writing, the character diversity. Yeah. Yeah. The kind I, of like ensemble cast aspect. Mm. And also just the whole, like, like the same way that the shows um, take a childlike setting, but actually tend to layer in more complex issue, or like issues or ideas into it. Which I think this show does more than Rugrats, but it's definitely something mm-hmm. that you can see in both shows. Um, so in terms of... There's there's actually not a lot of production history about this one. It's not terribly interesting. It was on, and then it was good, and people liked it. And There then were three movies. There were three movies as well. Um, there were three? Yeah, three. I thought there was only oh. two, but I think there's, th- Ooh, there's three. Four. Or th- four? So there's uh, wow. Recess Schools Out, I which that came one. out in 2001. Then there was Recess Christmas, Miracle on 3rd Street. I don't believe that got a cinematic release like Schools Out. Uh, no, it's a, it's a direct-to-video. Um, and then there was Recess All Growed Up, uh, which came Wait, out in 2000. Recess All Growed Up? All Growed Down. Oh, sorry. All Growed Down. My oh, bad. Okay. I was I was thinking about I don't remember that one. Regrets. I think <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think that one was seeing what it was like for them to be younger. Yeah, it's like them meeting in kindergarten or something. Yeah. Uh okay. that came out in Oh my gosh, can I just say the kindergartners <laughs> in this show. I forgot how much I loved the kindergartners <laughs> as so basically great. a tribe of uncivilized people. <laughs> and I mean, as as a former preschool teacher, I can confirm Yes. That is what five-year-olds are like. That is absolutely <laughs> what five-year-olds are like. I also was a former dance teacher, so so many five-year-olds. So. I just deal with uh, 11th and 12th graders, and even then via distance, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that. Uh, so, And then there was one last film, Recess Taking the Fifth Grade, which yeah. came out also in 2003. So five movies. But uh, I think oh. the only one that got a cinematic release was Schools Out. Yeah, that the was a big deal. director video. I remember yeah, that I being remember a big deal. Yeah, I remember when that came out, yeah. But I think by then I was already too old. Yeah. So I wasn't watching it anymore. But, yeah, yeah, I didn't say to my friends, let's go watch Recess Schools Out. Right. <laughs> I think I really wanted to, but I didn't ask. Same. <laughs> uh, so this show obviously received pretty... quite a bit of critical reception as well as, you know, popularity amongst the kids. There were TV critics who really came out and talked about how clever it was. Um, And that's a big, people think it's a big factor as as to why it ran so long. I think that's it for production history. Yeah, I'll just uh, also mention that with uh, Disney contracts for their standard uh, cartoons, it's very rare for them to actually go past three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for the kind of Disney produced ones that you've seen, you, you'll you'll see this in uh, you know if you actually go back and look through some of this kind of time style, these time of shows that were released, and for this to actually get to the six, I'm very interested. To, it's probably the first three seasons I'm guessing that the ones on uh, on Disney Plus. Um, but uh, I remember when Kim Possible got to its standard three season contract and then had a movie or two and then got a fourth season, which was a big deal at the time. It really stands to a testament the fact that uh, Disney was willing to put a whole nother three seasons on for this show um, that um, was so 
I think I'm very, very smart. It's a very smart show. It really is. Directed at such a young audience too. That's what's so impressive to me. Very similar to like when we talked about Rugrats episode, uh, you know, when I was like, okay, yes, there's a lot about these Jewish holidays and we can learn through Rugrats. Also, (laughs) this African holiday, Kwanzaa. Cool. Okay. Tell me more. It's quite impressive. Hmm. So, Kurt, do you want to do a quick recap of the two episodes that we watched yes. this week? And then we can get into kind of a bit of an episode discussion. Cool. I'm getting too excited. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, the episodes that um, that Rhonda gave to us is uh, the first, Ashley, and also Economics of Recess. Um, we do have episode numbers in there, but I found it difficult with... I should have just gone to Disney+. Yeah, Plus. I should have just confusing. gone to Disney+. Plus. <laughs> But the first one was is supposedly episode season one episode seven. Yes, uh, right. Well, right. because I think the the episodes are actually only ten minutes long, but then they would put two of them together. Yes, together. So it got, exactly. Like, it got confusing. I think. I see. I see. Yeah. yeah. So that would be the perfect time instead of Disney where in between the two episodes they would have a little go-between, show you what they eat right. for breakfast while saying, oh, Mon's just still in the shower again. Oh, looked like <laughs> Wait, she's going to miss out on the first 10 minutes of recess. <laughs> Honestly, this is just nonsense from the host what of Saturday Disney. What was this show? <laughs> it was uh, it's pretty bizarre. Honestly, YouTube Saturday Disney and see what happens. Do you, oh my really, goodness. Do you really think you can find it on YouTube? Maybe. Chase TV is on there. I'm going to look right now. <laughs> All right, well, while she's looking for that, I'm going to give uh, our listeners a bit of a recap for First Ashley. All right, so the First Ashley. Uh, Randall is scoping the catering hall for dirt on the students, uh, but after being shut down by most kids, including the ever-fancy Ashleys, Spinelli smashes his tape recorder and Randall disappoints Miss Finster, but swears he'll make it up to her. He finds through the permanent records that Spinelli's first name is actually Ashley and embarrasses her in front of the entire school, sending her away in shame. Talking it out with the recess gang, Spinelli is scared of having to join the Ashleys, and as a result of a written bylaw in the playground constitution, uh, any Ashley invited by another Ashley must join the Ashleys. (laughs) While the underground clubhouse is quite epic, uh, Spinelli is treated like a college sorority freshman uh, under her new name, Ashley S., uh, she is basically primping and waiting on the other Ashleys like a freshman, given a whole makeover to look like them. Seeing this torture continue, TJ and the gang hatch a plan with the school's resident black market dealer, and Gretchen mm-hmm. Grunler shows up at the clubhouse, having changing her name to Ashley Grunler on her new library card, social security card, and etc. Under the law, Spinelli can invite Grunler into the Ashleys clubhouse and uh, then a cacophony of kids slam through showing all their newly changed first names to Ashley cramming up the entire place caving (laughs) the Ashleys accept TJ's terms and release Spinelli from her new position and return her to her usual self with the recess gang who vacate along with all the kindergartners and everyone else they roped into the plan back to the playground Spinelli doesn't take long to get back to business as usual chasing after Randall Gosh, that's a hectic episode. Uh, (laughs) I'll uh, just give a recap of the next one, uh, and then we'll get into it. Uh, The next one is Economics of Recess. Uh, Season 2, episode... 13? Maybe. Again, all this could could differ in terms of how it actually (laughs) numbers out. Uh, But Economics of Recess. TJ was out sick for a week from school and returns to a world he doesn't recognise, with the entire playground operating off a new currency system with the ever-popular Mon stickers. 
Uh, they have become a form of money used by the kids to barter for use of any of the facilities in the school, from water fountains to sports balls and even being on the grass. Out of the loop and out of Monstickers, TJ is forced to sell his hat, his trademark, for just a couple of stickers. He swears that he will work hard and climb to the top, which he does so through a montage of hard labour for his fellow students during recess on the playground, substituting fun for paid work between classes. Once at the top, he becomes power-hungry and restricts everyone's fun at recess for monetary gain, losing his friends but gaming stacks and stacks of stickers. The next day, TJ walks into the school, and the sticker system, while still in play, has actually converted to a new... I might have gotten this wrong. It does sound dirty when I read it out loud. Lick Me Alien sticker product, <laughs> which has... Get uh, your mind out of the gutter, <laughs> Which he has none of. He has no this Lick Me Alien stickers. This is a show for stickers. children. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and is now completely ruined. TJ reverts back to his former self, signing a contract with the Recess Gang to prevent his ambition from taking over again in the future and compromising their friendship. So those are the two episodes that you um, uh, gave to us. I definitely watched, I think, two and a half more episodes, uh, one of which accidental and two of which just for fun, um, <laughs> uh, where I, I realised that there's uh, a quite a bit of this um, uh, formulaic... Uh, storytelling device where they just, you know, have one character kind of change a little bit and then revert back to their former self. It's amazing they can have such a cyclic um, pattern where everything kind of reverts back to where it was uh, by the end of the episode, even though it can Mm -hmm. sometimes get so drastic, like a whole economy, your whole career of being some finance mogul at the top of the playground. And then by the next day or the next week at school, everything's just the same. I mean, the style of TV show isn't exactly designed for serialised storytelling. No, right? I suppose it's not. Uh, but it just amazes me how far they push it and how far they bring it back to just like, oh, yeah, it's all fine now, which <laughs> fits very well in this vein of things. Like the opening of that Economics of Recess episode where it's like a week from school, it's out sick. Yes, school can be completely different after a week. Yeah. I mean, when you're a kid, a week feels like forever, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. So it makes perfect sense that, you know, and, and trends. Do you remember trends when you were a kid? How, like... Tarzo thingies. Oh, do you remember Tarzo thingies? <laughs> I don't remember I don't remember what they... Discs? I guess they were called discs. They were, like... Holographic thing, hexagons. disc things and you could, like, flip them. Yeah, and stack them oh. and put them together. Is this not an American thing? I think... No, I think we called them pogs. Pogs? But we did have something pogs. really similar. I, I think I've that, heard I of think them, yeah. I think it's the same thing. Yeah. Ours came in, like, chip packets, I think. Yeah, ours came in chip packets. Yeah. Like potato chips. Um, Oh. (laughs) Crisps. No. Oh, that's... That's British. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yes. So... It makes it makes a lot of sense in terms of, like, looking at it from a child's perspective, but then also I love that they play into the whole, like, let's teach everybody a little bit about economics and the stock market. (laughs) We're going to teach you about capitalism, Kay. Ah, capitalism. (laughs) All right. On that note, do you want to maybe mention why you picked these episodes in particular for us to have a watch and go back to? Sure. Well, I I like um, First Name Ashley is actually just my favorite episode just because I think Spinelli was probably my favorite um, Mm. character. Mm, She's pretty badass. I loved, yeah, and I just loved seeing her like have this like existential crisis where she's like wait my name is Ashley is this who I am or and like kind of at the end of 
that episode, the message is sort of like, we can all choose who we want to be. Mm. We don't have to, we don't have to conform, um, which, you know, is a, is a great message for kids. Um, but then, yeah, I chose the, the economics of recess episode. Um, cause I actually recently, um, I saw, do you guys know the YouTube channel just right? And that's right. Like W R I T. Oh, maybe actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I've never heard of it, but tell me more. Yeah. So, um, he did a, a video on this episode and he drew, well, so first of all, he draws like some really interesting, uh, parallels between recess and the show community. If you guys Ooh, know that show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he like goes through like all these very close similarities between the two. But then most of that video is about how this episode is really kind of warning against like someone having someone having a monopoly on an economy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because obviously what happens to TJ is that eventually like nobody can do anything because mm-hmm. he owns everything and it was like really ironic that this show was made by Disney <laughs> and Disney now has <laughs> the monopoly I, who owns all of the major right, cinematic shared yeah, universes. Yeah, I looked it up. Um, according to uh, CNBC, Disney produced films account for 33% of the total US film market in wow. 2019. Right. Is that like and then just Disney or is that Disney owned? That's Disney owned properties. Disney produced films. But then if you include 20th Century Fox, which Disney acquired yeah. Yeah, in year. 2019, the company as a whole represents 38% of the U.S. Uh, film market. Above a third. Jeez. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So I and he in this video, I don't know if you guys have a way to link to um, the yeah, video. We, it's we some really interesting. Notes. Yeah. Some really interesting um, uh, analysis in there. Um just kind of the irony that this is, you know, Disney is <laughs> kind of like <laughs> taking over our at least at least in the entertainment industry, they're taking over economically. And yeah, it's a it's an interesting time. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how the, the writers managed to slip that one under there without anybody being like, right. um, excuse me. I think it may have gone <laughs> over their heads a little bit, which is actually kind of funny, given that it's a show for children teaching them about something I in mean, a more simplistic manner. It's pretty obvious. Uh, I'm not sure it would have gone <laughs> over the Disney execs' heads. Well, well it depends who's it. signing those check boxes or yeah, okay and things on the other end of things and when it's just a disney show as long as it doesn't involve guns um, or smoking <laughs> then generally people are pretty fine with say giving it the green light well and it it also might make a difference that this episode is you know 20 years old mm. and disney didn't really start like buying up all of these properties until maybe the past what five six seven years or so yeah that sounds about right so because you know like that's like when did they acquire marvel was that like 2008 
So I guess, I guess 12 <laughs> years. Sure. This is something that you would know. This is something I would know. Um, but yeah, that sounds about right. Like uh, pre-Iron Man. I'm still struggling right. to find the video because when I looked it up just right, uh, spelt with a W, is also a uh, popular rom-com starring Queen Latifah about finding <laughs> Mr. Wright, who is a basketball yes, player. I have seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm only getting interviews and links and uh, how to buy that movie. <laughs> oh, that's so right. We you... can, we'll, we can we'll, look it we'll up get, later. We'll get the link later. <laughs> right. So it's right. Um, w R I T E. Oh, uh, yeah, it's like right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah got it. That will probably help. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I can I can send you guys the link to that though. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Cool. We'll, we'll put it in the episode notes for anybody who is interested. I was pretty yeah pretty surprised by how actually complex the economic system was that they kind of depicted because I was even sitting there going like are we talking specifically about the stock market or are we talking about yeah my like monopolies or like where does because at the end obviously the the stickers the mon stickers lose all of their value which made me think of right. you know particular um particular stocks losing all all of their value oh, and gosh. how that can cause certain businesses or economies economies to completely yeah. crash. That's um, very topical, Jane. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. yes. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of thinking, like, there's there's quite a few different economic concepts at play here. Just in that one episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, BT Dubs, it was actually over 10 years ago in 2009 uh, when Disney actually acquired um, Marvel Cinematic um, okay. properties. Mm. Yeah. So they've been they've been working on that for a while, but definitely well before this show. And I mean, at this stage, I feel like everybody still thought Disney was, you know, the sweet Disney's little, for kids. Yeah, Disney's for kids. And we don't and talk about Walt anymore. About Walt? Yeah. What specific? What specifically about Walt? <laughs> Maybe all the Family Guy anti-Semitic jokes. I mean, he was an anti-Semite. Yeah, that's a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He was, Anyway, let's <laughs> yeah. not, not get into it. Uh, but but yeah. it's, it was Disney. We weren't too worried about Disney buying up everything and, and thinking about it at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were they were pretty strong at the time. If we think 97, like, things like Lion King will have just come out. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was, you the know, the tail end of, like, of the, yeah, yeah. the tail yeah. end of the Disney, Disney Renaissance. Yeah. Mm. Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast. But, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that but, whole... But still very much seen as, like... Children's entertainment, family friendly, totally, yeah. totally, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is one of their main problems on the serving platform right now. I know we're not here on a podcast to talk about Disney Plus, but I just keep getting <laughs> on my brain about how underwhelming I'm finding that platform at the moment. Uh, they just yeah. seem so restricted. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I haven't even uh, been on there since the Mandalorian finished. Yeah, no, there's just so much weight between new um, new material. Uh, I was trying to give a Diary of a Future President because it's Gina Rodriguez from Jane the Virgin who actually is producing the show uh, and, uh, you know, actually seeing the the what it's like to be a high school girl navigating, you know, from middle school to... I don't know how American <laughs> schools work. I'm not going to pretend on this podcast that I can just talk through that sentence. How, wait, how old is she? She was uh, going from fourth to fifth grade. Grade. Is that going into oh. middle school? Or fifth um, to fourth sixth grade? grade, fourth grade year, like nine or ten, and then fifth grade is ten, eleven, right. or so. Right, and then is it sixth grade where you go to middle school? Um, it depends on where you live. Oh, sure. But yes, yeah, some this... some areas sixth grade is middle school, but some areas it would still be elementary. 
Got it. This show also uh, wrote in uh, the um, the wrote in the fact that it was also a school that had combined various middle and uh, junior schools or whatever they're called okay. together. So right. they're like, it doesn't really matter what so age the kids are; they can just middle all be school. Here. So, middle school, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're doing a Degrassi okay. thing where it's easier to just combine the year grades. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. But that's basically the only thing I've been watching. There's so many old stuff on there, like Recess and really weird yeah. animated cartoons of Hercules. Gargoyles. Did you watch Gargoyles? <gasps> Oh, so much. So good. <laughs> so good. Did you anything, Jane? Gargoyles? Nothing? No, I'm sorry. That's all right. Darkwing Jane's Duck. giving me this. Oh, Ooh, yes. Okay. Uh, it was basically a, a Batman parody. Yeah, yes. I remember it being around. I don't remember watching it particularly. Uh, part of the That's Not Canon productions uh, with the Disney debate. Uh, I love the cutoff point uh, that Zane has for if they're talking over two, uh, two minutes or whatever time limit they have is... Um, oh, I can't remember the saying, but it's from Darkwing Duck, basically saying, I've had enough of this, you <laughs> jack-headed jack-in-the-box or something like that. It's so ridiculous. He's got these really bad catchphrases that just, like, blow Holy Cow and Robin from, you know, the 60s show to a whole nother world. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a TV show I haven't thought about in a while. Uh, but Recess. <laughs> yes. You're off topic, Cat. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> I'm helping. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he's easily led astray. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, but uh, like uh, going back to, I guess, like my own um, interaction with the show. Yes, I was probably a little bit uh, watching it a little bit longer. Uh, but it was never something I watched with my friends. It was kind of a bit of a shame. Uh, that I wouldn't let anyone else know that I was watching because oh. the thing that still bothers me about this show is that it didn't make sense to me that is. Recess and then there's lunch. For me, recess is just getting your snacks in, getting your energy, gearing up for lunch when you actually have fun, good playtime. Yeah, we were, yeah, I remember thinking the same when I watched this as a kid. I was like, why is everyone having like a big long break at recess? But also lunch is not as nearly as good of a title for a show as recess is. <laughs> well, also, at least in where I grew up in the U.S., you might have two or three different recesses during the school day. Oh, so you would have, yeah, so you would have morning recess, which was maybe like 15 minutes. And then we, at least at my school, it was called lunch recess. So you would eat lunch and then you would have like a half hour of recess oh. after oh, so lunch. recess in itself is kind of... It just, like, just means break time. It just means not a, necessarily time, yeah, a have break time snacks. where you go outside and play. Yeah. Oh, that makes right. much more sense That does us. make more sense. <laughs> okay, yeah, because recess for us is like the 20-minute break in the morning. You eat a okay. muesli bar. You maybe play a quick you round talk, of four square. You and get then... your chit-chat and maybe a handball game out. Yeah. And then you're back to class for your before your 40-minute lunch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 40 to an hour school, or something like yeah. that. Uh, where people would actually get up and do stuff. But that was the only two breaks that predominantly we have. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes so much more sense now because I <laughs> that also used to, like, caught me up when I occasionally watched this as a kid. Interestingly, actually, the only episode that I do remember with any kind of clarity is First Name Ashley. Hmm. Um, oh. As I started watching it, I was like, oh, no, I remember this, actually. Um, and I think it was because the the name Ashley, for me... There were no, like, prissy Ashleys at my school. Oh, really? There were only, like, we had a couple of... Um, the word that I would use is Darrow, but that's probably not a word that translates. <laughs> um, 
Boganish. Yeah, kind of no, like. I have no idea what you mean. No, um, <laughs> just kind of like white trash. Um, okay, okay. Yeah, that was that was kind of the the Ashleys that I knew growing up, and so with this whole like you know, group of Ashleys. Oh, no. For me, Ashleys were definitely the prissy nice they were? ones. Okay. With, the, with, the, with the people who were, like, putting product in their hair earlier than anyone else, you know. Okay, all Like, right. yeah. I, I know several pretty Ashleys from primary to high school. Yeah, fair enough. No, the Ashley that, the Ashley that I predominantly knew growing up was, like... Um, I mean, she was wearing makeup and, and gelling her hair early, but more in a... Um, not in a prissy way. Um, <laughs> I love how you're trying to articulate this. I am trying to articulate it. It's kind of like, it was more in a trashy way. Um, <laughs> and in kind of like, oh my God, don't go near Ashley. She's scary kind of way. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It was, is Ashley a name for, for people who are prissy in, uh, in Tacoma? Um. I don't think so. I actually, so I, yeah, I think like the, the whole idea of the Ashleys in recess, I always found very funny because like you knew exactly who those girls were. Yeah. It didn't matter what the name um, was. Right. And then also I think like for like people in our age range, Ashley is just a very popular name. Mm. Yeah, there were a lot so, of Ashleys. That's yeah, true. like multiple spellings. There, yeah, there were lots of Ashleys, but there are also like lots of like Amandas. I think mm. I had like five Amandas in my fourth grade class or something. Um, that's beside the point. But um, <laughs> we were all about the Emmas and the J names, including. Okay. Me. Okay. <laughs> I see. I wish we had that. Those are like prettier, like more. I don't know. I like we, those names better. We had <laughs> Ashleys and a lot of Allisons. I had a lot of yeah. Allisons. My high school friend group had three, four Emmas in it. Yeah, jeez. There were a lot of Emmas in my year group. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they they're very distinctive of the Heathers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Yeah, I think there's definitely oh, a lot of yeah. influence there. I mean, even the, the way that the they look. dress yeah, and, completely. and the it's, whole behavior. I, yeah, you had, I've you never made that? that connection before, oh. but yeah. As soon as I saw the outfit they put uh, Spinelli in um, to be Ashley S, it completely reminded me of the Heathers, the moment when they start wearing those. Because, you know, it was, it was 80s, right? Uh-huh. When Heathers came out? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the fashion was still a little bit, you know, before... You know, you know what, what, whatever her name is, I can't remember. Batgirl is how I remember her name. Uh, from Clueless, Alicia Silverstone. Thank oh, you, yes. Cher from Clueless. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Yes, um, <laughs> that kind of preppy look, right? Um, but just take that back about five, eight years, and things are bigger mm-hmm. and puffier. And that's exactly what kind of Ashley S. Spinelli felt like she was looking to me with the plaid and the the pigtails and the hat. So Heather's, but maybe I've been yeah. on a massive Heather's binge over the past year when I wanted to see the um, new uh, reboot of the show with a gender. Uh, non-binary Heather in there as well. Sure. I did not see that. I saw the ad and I was like, that does not look like it's for me. Well, that was like, oh, I should probably watch the first one. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, But yeah, I think it's interesting how much this show does reference other properties, Mm. Um, you Mm -hmm. know, from Heather's to the theme song kind of referencing The Great Escape. So much. Um, And there was something else that kind of came to my mind that's slipping my brain at the moment. But kind of considering how many of these references wouldn't really read to children, but they still did them anyway, I think is kind of interesting. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, do you think they did them for adults or as kids were aging and growing up with the show? I think they, I think they, the writers did them for themselves. Yeah. (laughs) I think they were like, like they just wanted to have fun writing this show and they were like, hey, it would be funny if we made this episode like, uh, like uh, there's like one that's like 2001 a space odyssey <laughs> they're like no 10 year old is gonna get this reference but this would be really funny <laughs> yeah I also wonder if they're just kind of playing with um ideas that they assume are going to be in the cultural zeitgeist so sure. like part of the part of the general language of living in our world now it's like I've never seen 2001 a space odyssey but I would recognize it I mean, now as an adult, probably less as a kid. Have you actually never seen it? No. Oh, it's so boring. Yeah, I know. That's why I haven't seen it. I've (laughs) analysed it as a film three times from three different subjects, which is really frustrating to have to do more than once. No. Um, But it is, I guess, classic cinematic history that so many other things reference where, like, I only just watched The Shining recently, but because of Simpsons and so many other things, I already knew exactly the plot or exactly what happens that you would understand almost any reference to 2001 A Space Odyssey without even seeing the show yeah right it's all stuff that's familiar you know yeah mm-hmm. but yeah i wonder if that's kind of the the one of those reasons why they just play into that to go like uh, you know they may not get the exact reference but it will feel familiar to kids hmm. um so you know it doesn't feel like it's completely out of the blue it definitely does say something, though, when um, Rhonda was talking about how they're writing it for themselves, that when, you know, you can tell that the writer's really enjoying it, they enjoy it, there's more of a likelihood that other people will as, as well, mm-hmm. um, generally. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think art in general is if if the creator is creating it for themselves, it will bring more genuine and more authentic, which people pick up on and kids definitely pick up on Mm. you know when when someone is writing down to children Mm. and you know writing like trying to make it like a moral lesson or trying to like you know you know after school specials or whatever like kids pick up on that Mm. like so like they're so attuned to when they're being like condescended to basically (laughs) that I think that the most successful kids shows the ones that are the most enjoyable and the most creative are the ones where they're not writing down to children they're just the writers are just writing a good show that happens to be for children I totally agree I think that there's a lot about this show that is not only is it not paint by numbers which again ironic that we're speaking about it for Disney who's like known for just like <laughs> doing the same story picking line. a concept picking a setting <laughs> blah smash princesses done um it's interesting <laughs> that this one does like isn't afraid to try new ideas and like you say it it does it does take kind of an educational spin in particularly in the economics um episode where there's a lot of didactic kind of framing of what's happening in the episode but it's not oversimplified or or made made basic for kids it's you know it's complex enough that maybe small children wouldn't understand the specifics but they understand enough to know that this is not desirable which I think and then and then if you are a little bit older and you come back to it you can get more of those specifics but I think you're right I think it's it's really refreshing to see a show that is vaguely educational 
but not in an after school special in an after school special type (laughs) way yeah yeah it's not like moralizing yeah (laughs) moralizing Uh. i like that (laughs) adjective I also think it's interesting. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about a show called Total Drama. I yeah. don't know if you've ever seen that, Rhonda. I think I've heard of it. Yeah, Total Drama Island think... is what some people may know it as. Okay. Yes, I've heard of that. Yeah. It's basically but an animated parody of it. Survivor. Okay. <laughs> that and what sounds we... fantastic. <laughs> not as good as it it's should be. not. Oh, okay. Um, That's disappointing. Well, I mean... What I what we spoke about on that episode, which I'm finding interesting compared to this one, is that that was a show that kind of took um, the idea of, hey, uh, the politics that you see on Survivor are sort of like the same politics that you see on a high school, uh, you know, part of the high school experience. experience Let's kind of put thing. that in a okay. summer camp. And so see they go how like, you know. You know, there's there's bitchy girls who are just trying to, you know, manipulate things to get their way. Same, you get that in high school and you get that in Survivor. And they were uh-huh. kind of like, this is a great um, comparison, but that's as far as it went. Like, yeah, it, it wasn't very okay. smart or clever. It was just like, look, these it two didn't things. Go any deeper. It's like, here are all the stereotypes. Done. That, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's it. it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of the show, unfortunately. That's the whole story. So I find it interesting that this show. Um, did actually take it that next step further and went, not only can we say the politics or the economics of the playground reflect the real-life politics of the world, but also we get to see that properly play out through characters and through emotion that actually has an impact on the characters. And even though it kind of wraps itself up in... And kind of pretends nothing ever happened at the end of yeah, the episode. Yeah, right. That's okay, yeah. because at least the exploration was interesting and you could see not only the idea, but the impact of that idea upon people and relationships. So, I don't know. And I feel like TJ did learn his lesson, even though for comedic effect they uh, played off the end of the episode like he hadn't learned his lesson and right. was just going to continue <laughs> doing it again. Uh, the way they did explain it out for the kid, even though it just was like, just sign the form, TJ. Um, it was, <laughs> I, I think it was more understandable in that moment for kids to be like, yeah, okay, so maybe trying to hoard everything and manipulate others for monetary gain is probably not the best way to have friends and a happy life. Um, that, you know, I think is quite impressive the way that they can try and put emotional growth and development into these characters and then just brush it aside because we're just kids and it's recess. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to, you know, they're not actually destroying the world (laughs) (laughs) through through monopolization and capitalism. Through monopolizing mon stickers. (laughs) I loved that. I had to correct. Uh-huh. I was like, Jane, was it what was it with the monsters? Monsters stickers? It was mon stickers. Mon stickers. Mon stickers. Yeah. Simple but effective. Brilliant. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, I I definitely uh, remember loving the various types of people that were all encapsulated in recess, and I wouldn't mean just necessarily the recess gang. You know, those those group of kids and friends. Mm-hmm. Um, who in themselves kind of represents various like social outcasts, the outsiders of other gangs, who mm-hmm. the misfits who don't necessarily fit in with other groups but right. just work together. Lovely thing to happen. We've seen it a lot in um, in various forms of children's entertainment. But I loved the outliers. I loved you know it was <laughs> Dan and Dave who were just always mining. 
Um, the diggers? I, yeah, yeah, the diggers. Uh, of course, the alliteration, Dan and Dave, the diggers. Um, yes. I don't remember her name, but the Amelia Earhart-like character who is always... The swinger girl. The swinger girl. Yeah, I don't think they was... ever say her name. She's I just think... swinger girl. And I, I'm not sure if you yeah. see her her face too much either, because she's just always swinging. She has the goggles. and Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> I almost picked the episode where um, where swinger girl is trying to like swing all the way over, mm-hmm. like swing all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember this, that I one. Love that one too. Oh, and then she disappears, and people think that yeah. she did it. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> um, but it's so impressive uh, in uh, their ensemble uh, to extend it out to all these extra supporting characters who may only have two seconds of screen time for three episodes, and then have a kind of entire episode based around them uh, mm-hmm. in their kind of like dedication to hard work and labor, knowing who they are in recess, like, years before they're at their, you know, career-choosing pathway point in their lives. Um, it's It was always something very um, appealing to me as a kid to be like, yeah, I know exactly what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a teacher. It's not yeah. what I ended up being at all. Uh, very similar to what I ended up actually kind of doing. Eventually. You, yeah. got there, you got there in a roundabout <laughs> way. Got into the education industry somehow. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, I yeah, it all just kind of speaks to the fact that, at the end of the day, this weird show about recess um is really just a metaphor for like society yes right that's it yeah that's the whole thing but it's a well done (laughs) metaphor for society correct yes yes it's and it's not um bashing you over the head with it that much and and like you were saying earlier uh with uh you know the kind of ways that kids may not necessarily understand the reference they they understand it's in the zeitgeist of social media it's things they find familiar mm. through other shows or from uh you know things that they've heard from family members or other friends uh there's also you know tonally the dramatic things like what you were saying earlier Rhonda, with the after school special talking down to them <laughs> um kids understanding that i didn't realize how much kids like get that because they get right, talked yeah. down to so much from their parents and other things like Absolutely. that. So they're understanding whether it's a tone or whether it's, you know, whether it's a physical tone you can hear or whether it's actual tone of the way you're actually constructing a sentence mm-hmm. towards a child audience. They can pick up on that without even knowing they're picking up on that and become disinterested because it's when they're told they're not doing something they want to do and they'll move See, on. See, this is why I'm not gentle <laughs> and kind to my dance students. I'm just like straightforward <laughs> and like, this is what we're going to do, everybody. Which works most of the time until I accidentally make one of them cry. (laughs) (laughs) But what I was getting to is uh, that uh, while there are all these amazing uh, cinematic references, even I, a film student, can't, like, pick or name where these are coming from. Like, what TJ was impersonating with... Like, there's probably several films that that was kind of taking umbrage to, but with the hat, the hat change, and... (laughs) I I can't tell you what movie that is, but I I can recognise that, the dramatic flair... Um, like a newsy cap. That's what no, I was thinking. Like Newsies was where I was going with that. N- I love musicals, but I have no idea what the f happens in Newsies. I've never actually seen Newsies, but I get the again. I get the gist. I it's you <laughs> right. know they're wearing those hats. It's they're selling papers. Poor people. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. That cap is like shorthand for this is like a scrappy, hardworking, downtrodden. Young boy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think it deals a lot in in kind of the the coded symbols of yeah and of film language and then with 
dramatic uh, retellings or parodies of certain things, like, you know, or 2001 Space Odyssey or things like that, um, regardless of whether it's someone who understands the reference or not, the tone, the dramatic change, even just being more dramatic and excitable is something the kids would enjoy. Um, so it's amazing that that kind of, like, attention to detail is so effective in storytelling for a family-based audience. Hmm. I didn't realise how much the kids who don't understand it are still understanding it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just sort of through like, sort of through like cultural osmosis, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Like pick up on these things. Yeah, totally. And even, even just like, tonally like he's he's talking proud and 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 vivacious or you know you know she's talking like this so uh, the kids are understanding just through basic um pitches yeah and um keys that that this is a good thing or a bad thing yeah um even if they don't understand the film that it's dedicated like homaging to which I, it's killing me but i probably wouldn't have seen it anyway even if i could list the name of the movie what, uh like <laughs> what the just the tj thing the whole tj downtrodden with the cat. i mean and... like it's a little bit grapes of wrath it's like a little bit yeah all, it's a little bit it's, scarlet it's, o'hara yeah, it's, it's a little bit all kinds of things yeah again it's just like an idea of again it's like a very um American dream, mm. you know, yeah. got to gotta work hard, got to yeah. get ahead. Um, Pull that, yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> totally, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's all just stuff that's very, very commonly in the cultural um, realm. And, it, yeah, I think it's good that this show pays attention to it and is able to show that story and show the pitfalls of those ideas especially Mm -hmm. since those are ideas that are going to be smashed into these kids heads for the rest of their lives like Uh let's give them at least one idea of how this maybe isn't such a great idea right yeah (laughs) Yeah. anyway i think that's all i have episode discussion wise anything else that we haven't touched on uh i think that covers it (laughs) Great. In that case, Rhonda, uh, we've spoken a lot about the good and bad things. Well, not really bad things. I think it's all pretty good, to be honest, um, about this show. Hang on. Is there any bad things? Um, I mean, like... You're, you're normally very critical of cartoons. <laughs> but you you did give me the Rugrats, and the Rugrats doesn't have much to criticise, to be honest. Okay, the, so, this like... This one, by want... the same creators of the Rugrats. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a kid's show. Like, I'm not going to go home and watch this all the time. It's still, like... <laughs> it's not like what am I trying to say here um I don't have anything to criticize about it as a kids show as a regular tv show you know it's it's a quick story it's 10 minutes it's 10 minutes uh it goes as far in depth with these ideas as it possibly can I think it probably lacks a little bit of emotional depth but that's okay all of those things are okay because it's a kids tv show so like if I would if I were talking about this as a as an adult's tv show or in the context of all of television, obviously I don't love this as much as I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but, like, you know. Oh, same. <laughs> I mean, there are very few things I love as much. I mean, but who we... doesn't love Buffy? Like, uh... I was actually listening to your episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh, really? on Pop DNA earlier. <laughs> Um, uh, but no, when uh, I was just amazed that the fact that you guys had it on access all the time, that it was just a show that was on, 
uh, because for us yeah. it was something that we would have to like stay up late at night, tape on the VHS recorder, and it wasn't something that we were so easily accessible. And not many people. Do you do you know many people who who enjoyed Buffy without being told to watch it? You have to remember that we were very young when that show came on, so I, I was the only person that I knew watching it at the time because I was seven. <laughs> um, right, and there were no other seven-year-olds watching the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, probably for the best, really, so that they didn't have the nightmares that I had. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah. So and and I didn't even watch it until it had been off the air for like five years. So yeah, because yeah, I, I was too young as well when it first came on. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I don't think it was I don't think it was on TV as much. No, here. no, not for us. We definitely, definitely used to tape it to have to to watch it because it was on too late. But yeah, I think that I don't really have that much to criticize. In which case, Rhonda, can you tell us in one-ish sentences um, why it is that you love this show? Kind of, you can reiterate some of the stuff we've already spoken about, if you like, but just to sum <laughs> sure. it up. Um, I love Recess because I think it perfectly captures what it's like to be a 10-year-old mm. at school with your friends. And I think it also... For adults watching it, I put a semicolon in there. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Accepted. For adults watching now and maybe kind of remembering what it felt like to watch it as a kid and watching it now, you can kind of start to see that maybe life is just one big playground. Hmm. Nice. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. It was really nice. I just love the fact that uh, while everything could be so dramatic in recess for like, you know, a kid having an amazing lunch was kind of the highlight of what was right. happening on the playground. So while things can easily go so over the top here for an incomplete monopolization and new economy system, um, <laughs> uh, it it's, it's it does a really good job of visualizing the feel mm. uh, of the dramatic mm. nature of, like, you know, Jane and I have talked a lot about certain high school shows that she tries to encourage me how it feels. This feels like a big deal because that's what it's like when you're a teenager. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But yeah. Um, teenagers, I don't know why I find it harder to relate to teenagers sometimes, but I can relate to preteens really well. In terms... I can think of some reasons why that might be the case. <laughs> <laughs> um. In terms of, you know, when, when you have this short attention span and, gosh, I'm already just describing myself, aren't I? Um, and, and things are just so exciting and, and interesting, but it's all of a sudden it could mean nothing in, like, ten minutes' time or the next day. Uh, it's just amazing that it can really remind you of that feeling as a younger person. So, actually, in, in today's climate, I definitely recommend some adults to go on Disney Plus and watch some Recess, or it's all on YouTube as well. Um, it's It's kind of nice to just be reminded of that over-the-top feeling, emotional state that we were kind of all in when it's just an, a, embodying different world climates in just a fun 10-minute mm. episode. Yeah. Uh on that note, we, we should rate it. So yeah. let me just explain the rating system to Rhonda and mm. anybody new who's listening who maybe came over from Pup DNA to listen to Rhonda on this episode. Um, so our rating system is it's based on how many eyes we would give it. Uh, so there are four rankings. You can either give it zero eyes, as in I would actively switch this off or close my eyes. I don't want to watch it. Don't make me. Uh, you can have one eye, which means that, like if it was on, you'd keep an eye on it, but you're not going to seek it out. Might be just on in the background while you're cooking, mm. doing some dishes. Yeah, yeah, sure. 
Um, two eyes means like, yes, I'm going to sit down and actively watch this. I quite enjoy it. And then four eyes is I'm going to put on my specs. I'm going to close my door. I'm going to binge the shit out of this because this is absolutely the bomb. Mm. So Kurt, tell me how many eyes you would give this. We try to contextualize doll's eyes a little bit in terms of this previous season for, um, you know, for kids shows, for kids shows, for, 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 you know, not having necessarily the same, uh, cinematic quality of some other television shows, (laughs) but, and, but, Gotta say, for 10 minutes, both of these episodes, this is, you know, some kids' shows run for half an hour, but this, I'm giving it four doll's eyes. Four I doll's really eyes. I really am. I did accidentally watch one episode and then watch the episodes that Rhonda pulled to us to watch and then watched another two because mm-hmm. I was genuinely just like, oh, but when they could do about this, oh, but what about this? Because each episode could be a completely different adventure in terms of tone, in terms of like what you're actually like uh, learning, which characters you're following. And as Rhonda was saying earlier, you you know, these, these different characters, while there's an interesting video that I watched trying to equate um, the political groups uh, as uh, various uh, metaphors in the kids' groups in terms of, like, different socialists or, or different <laughs> levels of hierarchy, um, from the sixth graders down to the kindergartners, uh, I definitely think that it's just... Um, a really fun thing to watch, sit back, switch off, and still have your mind engaged a little bit. Okay. Like, it's it's got, like, multiple pop culture references in one 10-minute episode. And for what it is, it's it's pretty economic in its writing. It's pretty fun. The dialogue may not always be there for me, but ultimately, I already watched another two episodes without being told to. <laughs> okay. uh, so I, I think, yeah, for Doll's Eyes, this is, this is going to be, I think, the first full rating. Nice, nice one. Uh, myself personally, uh, I think I always go to TV shows, and I did also as a kid. Um, when there were, I, I usually tend to go to TV shows for character and for um, kind of emotional journeys, and so I feel like this show kind of deals more in ideas than emotional journeys. Mm. There's um, no not, real long arcs of storyline yeah, for exactly. emotional development. Not, not that that is, you know, required to be a good show, but it's just generally what I go to shows for. So for that purpose, this is a two eyes um, because if, you know, I, I don't not want to watch it. If it were on, I would probably actively watch it, but I don't necessarily want to go home and do... Like a big binge of it, like you do. <laughs> so, but trust me, two eyes for the season from me is actually pretty good. It's I- a very high call from Jane uh, for a cartoon. Yes. I praise. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, yeah, that's how that's how we feel about it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, that's th- congratulations, Ronda. I think that's the first uh, four eye rating for a children's show on on the podcast. Oh wow. <laughs> Good choices. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. I honestly didn't realize how smart the show was. Yeah. I hadn't yeah. seen it as an adult. Um, I remember it a lot. Um, like the visual style of it and, and the campness of it too. It's very campy. Mm, like look is. at that opening title with like TJ waving as this door is slammed on him while you've got uh-huh. these people like doing tasks that are equated to hard labor in a prison yard. It's just, it's it's a lot smarter than people gave it credit for. And I think that if, if like, honestly, if parents sat down and watched it with their kids, they would have a good time. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I think we should wrap up this conversation Sorry. just with... No, no, that's all right. I just suddenly... <laughs> it caught my eye that on my screen, on the Wikipedia page where I got all of my production history from, um, there is a quote from a TV critic. So I think just to wrap oh. up the conversation, Ooh. I will read this out and then we can head into what's in our eyes. Yeah. So uh, this is a quote by TV critics Alan Seppenwall and Matt Zoller-Seitz, who co-wrote an article... Uh, oh, actually, it looks like it was a... Like an, more like an essay uh, for a book called TV. Um, Good title. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, it's called TV Descriptive. <laughs> yeah. Um, the quote is, easily one of the smartest, most prankishly playful adult cartoons ever passed off as, a child- as children's entertainment. Recess is a highly ritualized bit of entertainment that strikes the same notes over and over again, but always an infinite variation and with a surprising mm. eye for psychological grace notes, especially when characters you thought of as brusque, brusque, brisk, brusque, and one-dimensional <laughs> reveal their fears and dreams to one another. Hmm. So yeah, that's 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 recess for you. Yeah, it's a good that's choice. Exactly, that's exactly what I was going to say. Beautiful words, Rhonda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Thank actually, you. I'll remove their credit and put it onto put it onto you. Okay. All Thank done. you. <laughs> uh, so we're all about eye puns here on Major Look. So for our final segment of the show of uh, what's in your eye, uh, what has been in your eye this week, Jane? What's been reflecting out of those beautiful irises? Oh, darling. <laughs> so obviously we're living through a stressful time right now, mm. um, and I'm I've been finding it very difficult to get to sleep um and over the last two nights the one thing that i'm finding is helping me with that is actually a youtube series uh by pbs uh called eons Hmm. um and this is a youtube series which basically gives um 10 minute kind of i don't know lessons almost about um, the history of our planet in terms of the evolution of certain creatures. It talks a little bit about dinosaurs. It talks about the the movement of the... The supercontinents the and Gondwana. Yeah. It's, it's basically, it's all about the different eons that the, that the Earth has gone through. Mm. And so there's topics such as um, is the Raptor Rex real? Which is like there's a there's a long standing debate about this particular dinosaur fossil. Like, is it actually this new genus? Oh yeah, and what Velociraptors or... actually look like? And... No, 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 I know that's not, different. That's I know that's different. I'm, I'm just saying it's like. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you know they'll go into topics about <laughs> specific dinosaurs or about bone crushing dogs, which are the ancestors of our current dogs, and all that kind of thing. So it's it's really like interesting and calming. And it's what I'm watching to fall asleep to now. Because it doesn't matter if you wow. fall asleep to watch Yeah, I, I quite often fall asleep and wake up three episodes later and I'm like, what are we talking about? Oh, it doesn't matter. It's still, it's interesting enough to keep me engaged. Um, but, but calming. Calming enough to put me to sleep. Nice. So highly recommend PBS Eons. Well, what's been in my yes. eye this week is definitely the um, entire season, which I binged uh, this week of First Wives Club, which is uh, on Stan. I'm not sure what other channel network um, produced it, um, but uh, for Australian audiences, it's available on Stan. And it is an uh, African-American uh, reboot of the, you know, classic 
90s comedy movie, which was probably my favourite movie. I was going to say, you love that movie, I love that movie. First Wise Club starring uh, Goldie Hawn, Bette Midler and Diane Keaton. I bought it for $7.59 on my Target country work experience break in year 10. (laughs) And I played out that DVD so many times. Uh, it was my favourite movie as a kid, and uh, the fact they turned really? into a TV show... Yeah, he's a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> I, the, the fact so that my parents didn't pick the gay earlier is probably uh, it's probably <laughs> denial, really. I was like, can I please have First Wives Club? There's more Bette Midler in it. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's really fun to uh, see this story of, you know, marriages breaking down. Wow, this is a good opening to a sense. It's really fun to see marriages breaking down. Uh, to <laughs> To see the steps. Have you seen Marriage Story? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I know I'm going to be very depressed. Um, but, you can uh, skip it, honestly. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> good, good to know. Um, <laughs> I don't need more Adam Driver in my life. <laughs> but what's Who interesting does? about First Wives Club is not only, you know, getting also a better diverse cast in terms of it not being three white women, but being three African-American women. Uh, but also, it's fun, you know, New York City, sometimes they get to complaining about, we can't do the Sex and City lifestyle, I've got two kids. Uh, but, you know, the, the realities of when uh, a marriage can go through difficulties and, uh, and and if it does break down, money's involved, property's involved, what are you going to do about it, rely on your friends. It's, a, it's only 20-minute episodes, so like half-hour episodes, and um, they're just fun. Fun. Sometimes gets a little heavy, but you know, sometimes they accidentally go to uh, a big DJ's um, dance cult weekend where (laughs) they accidentally drink peyote and have sexual (laughs) fantasies about the guys they had flings with in college or just think they murdered their husband on a night of armor. As one does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Excellent. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. First Wives Club. It's quite fun. Great. What about you, Rhonda? What's been in your eye? Um, so I have been um, off and on. I've been re-watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend <gasps> um, because we are talking about it on Pop DNA, so I have to kind of oh, refresh right. refresh my memory. Um, uh, and, you know, I'm finding that it's not... Like, it's not quite as, like, frothy and light as I remembered it being the first time I watched it. I think this is why I struggle to watch it sometimes, because I'm like, oh. This is actually really depressing to watch. It's really depressing. Yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of really serious issues that are discussed, but they're discussed in a very light-hearted way, Mm. I would say. Which I think maybe makes it more digestible Mm. in a way. I think that after the first season, it definitely got more heavy. Yeah. Yeah, it did for sure. But I think, like, I'm still enjoying it. Mm. But I think I'm, like, I'm thinking more more in depth, I I suppose, about Mm. about it as I'm I'm rewatching. But I also... um, have recently watched the the new um the new adaptation of Emma Jane Austen's Emma. Oh yeah. That just the one that just came out um and I watched it in uh the theater when it first oh. came out 2 weeks ago and then because its theatrical run is basically cut short 
they released it for rental early so I rented it (laughs) and watched it again um and it's 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 really really good like I don't have too much to say about it but it's (laughs) it's uh, it's a it's a perfect like as close as you could get to a perfect adaptation oh nice of, of that novel um Ember I think is such Clueless, a good one to adapt. I think it's one it of those. It is. It's it's perfectly designed to be adapted for the stage, for the yes. stage, for film. The stage, the yeah, the stage, the screen. I mean, Clueless is probably still my favorite Emma adaptation. <sighs> oh, <laughs> Did okay. You not know that was no, no, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. My sweet little darling. That's all right. <laughs> Um, but I think if you're a fan of Clueless, I think that you will love the newest Emma. Yeah. Version, okay. So. Cool. Okay. Good. I will have yeah. to try and find that somewhere to rent it online. Yeah. yeah. Do yeah, it. Sounds good. Yeah. I was always looking for some more stuff in these days of working from home and boredom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it also um, means you could get into some great home workouts. Just with no. all, I know, I know. I'm just saying, not for you specifically, Jane. Okay. I'm just saying, if anyone out there's listening, watching a lot of stuff, it's also very healthy to go on YouTube. There's so much amazing random yoga stuff on there. Just ten minutes. Ugh, I hate I've yoga. been getting into. I'm bringing my <laughs> yoga mat home from the office today so I can do more yoga on my own floor without being worried about cat hairs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think it's there's a lot of great re- free resources out there. So physical activity is really fun to watch, maybe with something like recess. Go it. for a run. You oh. can still go outside. It's okay. Yes, At least but, we can. I yes. don't know about you, Rhonda. Uh, we, can. Yeah. we can. We just have to stay away from other people. Other people. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I just want to remind people that there's a lot of stuff out there. And if you feel cooped up in your house, don't feel like that you also can't move around or exercise mm. because it's something very important for our bodies. Yes. True. And our minds, my gosh. Yes. True. Yes. Take a okay. walk. Take a walk. That's what I say. And Just... then watch some recess. And then watch some recess. Yes. <laughs> okay, well I think that's all that we have time for today. Please everybody remember to rate, review and subscribe to this show and also to Pop DNA. Yes. Uh, Rhonda, where can people find you and or Pop DNA on the interwebs? So we are at uh, that'snotcanon.com. Um, and we also have a blog. It's a WordPress site. Don't be jealous. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> it's thepopdna.wordpress.com. And we're also on all social media. Um, and you can listen anywhere you find TNC podcasts. So spotify apple you know all the places um if you want to find me online i am uh under Rhonda blogs about books because i have a book blog and that's what my social media is my personal social media so busy. Is yeah um uh, if you want to follow me that's cool too um i have a feeling yeah, more people actually... will be reading <laughs> what's that i have a feeling more people will be reading in these times Yes. Yeah. I, th- mm-hmm. I think so too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Pop DNA, um, our most, well, our episode that's coming out tomorrow is on Jurassic Park. So if you like dinosaurs. Ooh, that. exciting. Cool. Um, and as you all know, you can find us uh, pretty much just on Instagram these days because I am lazy. Um, <laughs> and that is at Made You Look Pod. Um, or don't forget to tell a friend. Come back next week um, when we will be talking about 
Who knows what? We don't know. We haven't, we haven't decided what next season is yet. So <laughs> just hold tight for an announcement on that. Hi, everyone. This is Jane popping in at editing stage to let you know that we are taking a short break from a recording and releasing episodes. We're just trying to work out some logistics on how we can record from separate places while we're all in social isolation. Don't worry, we will be back. Keep an eye on our Instagram for an announcement on when our new release will be and what we will be talking about. Um, thank you so much, Rhonda, for coming and speaking to us. We really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was so fun. Yay! Oh, for for <laughs> calling in, she she didn't physically come here just in no. case that podcast word actually confused anyone and thought right. that through podcast she we somehow are... got through quarantine. She did not <laughs> we come are here. Under a travel ban. <laughs> all borders are closed. Nobody's coming here. Um. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, we will speak to you next week. Bye. Have a great time. Bye. Some adults to go on to Disney Plus, which is apparently the best way to watch it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, give some Netflix. Nope, that didn't work. And give some recess. <laughs> Do you want to start the sentence again and yeah. I'll edit around that? Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. you. Uh, so I definitely encourage uh, some adults to go on to Disney Plus and give some Netflix. Damn it, I can't say. What are you <laughs> saying? Give recess yeah. to go. That's all you have to say yeah. here. And again. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 